In this devotional, I'm going to share with you three thoughts from Acts 26, verses 24 through 29, where I'll ask the question, was Paul out of his mind? Acts 26, verses 24 through 29 says, And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly, for I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice. For this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. So after Paul has been in jail for a while, he finally appeals to Caesar, and he goes before another king, this King Agrippa. And while he's there giving a defense of everything that has happened to him, he explains the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Festus, one of the other rulers who's there, says, Paul, you're out of your mind. You have gotten too smart for your own good. And Paul says, no, no. That's not the case. I'm not out of my mind. I'm not crazy. But this other fellow here, King Agrippa, actually has some knowledge about these things that I'm speaking of, and he knows that I'm not crazy and that everything that I'm saying is reasonable. So here in Acts 26, verses 24 through 29, we find out that Paul, in fact, was not out of his mind. Thought number one, rational words. Paul is using rational words to explain everything that is happening. Of course, Paul is saying that supernatural things do take place. He is saying that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, but he isn't doing this in a way that is crazy or out of this world or out of his mind or anything like that. The way that he's arguing for it is rational. He is using the scriptures that... King Agrippa agrees in, or is at least familiar with, to demonstrate that this is always what was to be expected of the Christ. So he isn't going there and trying to give some emotional reason for the things that he believes, but he's trying to point out from the text of Scripture that this is precisely what the Jews have always been waiting for, that the Messiah would come and that he would die and that he would rise from the dead. So Paul is actually being very rational, but he wouldn't sound that way to people who had already dismissed the existence of the supernatural in this world. Thought number two, the prophets. You see, Paul is appealing to the prophets. And as he's talking to Agrippa, he knows that Agrippa has some knowledge of the Jewish prophets. He, he knows that Agrippa has some knowledge of the Jewish law. He knows that Agrippa is familiar with all of these things. So as he is explaining who Jesus is and that Jesus is the Christ, he is appealing to the law and the prophets to make his point. He is saying that this is what we have always expected. And he is saying that because he knows that Agrippa believes the prophets, because he knows that Agrippa has this knowledge that Festus probably doesn't have, he's not making a crazy argument. But he's simply stating what these other people probably would have already known, or at least intuited from the scriptures, that the Lord himself would come into the world, that he would die and he would rise from the dead. When all of this is taking place, Agrippa is kind of 
overwhelmed a little bit by this conversation and says, Paul, are you going to convince me to be a Christian in such a short time? Are you going to make this great argument right here in front of me and without any discussion, all of a sudden I'm going to convert? Well, Paul doesn't seem particularly concerned with whether or not Agrippa believes, but more so that he is presenting to him the facts of the case as he understands them. Thought number three, hope. Paul isn't out of his mind, but he is merely hopeful that as he proclaims the glories of Christ, of his resurrection and ascension, he is simply hoping that the Lord will work out his purposes in his proclamation. And there's something for us to learn there. So many people want to have a specialized system or specialized training for evangelism when I'm not entirely convinced that that's altogether necessary. Here's what is necessary to proclaim the fact of Christ and him resurrected. That is what is necessary. Of course, you need to know what the gospel is in order to proclaim it. But underlying that is the hope that as we proclaim the gospel, the Holy Spirit will work in the lives of those who hear it. And this is what Paul attests to here at the end of his statement before Agrippa. He says, I don't know if you're going to believe or not. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if you'll be convinced to become a believer or otherwise, but it's my hope that everyone who hears this glorious message would become like me. They would become believers. They would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it's this hope that Paul has that gets proclaimed all throughout the world. The entire known world, Paul travels through and proclaims again and again that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he hopes that as people hear it, the Holy Spirit does his work in regenerating those who are to believe. We should have that same hope, and we might appear crazy or out of our minds to others as we go about it, but at least we're in good company. These three thoughts come from the assigned reading of Acts chapters 25 and 26. If you'd like to read through the Bible with me, you can do so by subscribing to this channel, by clicking on the link in the description, or by joining the Facebook group Through the Bible, where we are reading the text of Scripture together.